0: Guru Nation, welcome to episode 778 of Random Usings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, I went live with Robert Goldman. Robert is a star, a frequent guest on this channel. He was also one of the stars of the Contract and Budget panel with the sponsors at SOS. And he really had a very good time at SOS. He got to show the people there what kind of person he is, which is somebody everybody needs to go connect with. So his LinkedIn is underneath this episode. Go check it out. Also, really quickly, I wanted to give a shout out to our sponsors. Innotto is this tool that I use on a weekly basis for free for finding studies for sites that have therapeutic area expertise go check it out if you don't have therapeutic air expertise i have a consulting firm with chris Sauber that helps sites get studies the budgets etc for a low monthly fee but if you do have therapeutic air expertise uh innato is a free way to go about doing that and they're just improving the product getting better i really like the team over there so check that out link in the show notes and our other sponsor is creo i use creo every day for eSource, source e-reg e-signatures ctms Invoicing, auto texting, e consents. You use you pay what you use only, and that's pretty awesome per study. And you can customize it a lot of different ways. So check out Creo, another site centric sponsor of ours. And with that being said, enjoy this episode with Robert Goldman. Yeah. Man. SOS was Robert. You were like the star of that panel that you were on. We got to find a way Thanks, to get you on every panel. Uh, the, well, the feedback yeah. I got was, and I missed that one. I was out in the Fort Kindness doing interviews. Yeah, but Ro- Robert. <laughs> every all the feedback I got, Robert killed it on that contracts and budgets.
1: Yeah, it was great, man. A lot of a lot of audience engagement. Great questions. People were really honed in. They were dialed, you know. And that was that was right after a breakout session too. So. Um, to see that many people come back into, into the main stage area was, um, was amazing. But, you know, look, Dan did great. Everyone did great. You know, um, Daniel Fox, Dr. Daniel Fox, um, you know, everybody kind of killed it. So, but I appreciate that, you know, and, um, everybody that stopped me and we came up and talked, I, I appreciate all the conversations. Tons of contacts. I mean, it, Dan, you guys did a phenomenal job. I mean, to, shout out to the whole SOS team. I mean, incredible, incredible.
0: You, Valena, yeah. Valena's here saying, hey, how's it going? Yes,
1: yes, indeed.
0: She was on your panel, too.
1: She was, yep. We, she did great. We we all kind of, yeah, we were all in sync. And we did a 15-minute negotiation and realized uh, that we have to include manicures and pedicures in sites' budgets these days. And it was kind of really? fun yeah wow. my wife yeah. would love that
0: yeah we could we could get her doing the budgets now if that's true <laughs> <laughs> rob let me ask you a question man yeah buddy you for those that don't know robert he works for a small sponsor he's worked at all the well i don't know about all but many of the large zeros <clears throat> he's was a cra even at one point like you've you had your hands dirty i know how you roll you still get your hands dirty you came to you you came to do the site initiation visit at my site like i don't know too many study directors at the sponsor level that will do that um i think one of the reasons why you resonate so well with guru nation and with sos nation is because we're not accustomed to hearing the truth from sponsors And that's because they're often muzzled. The bigger they are, the more muzzled they are, the more they have to lose. And I think you're in a unique space because not only are you super transparent, super authentic, super like you're you're even like a site-centric, site-friendly sponsor. But you're at an organization where that's not a concern, like muzzling you. Because right, Like, we're going all in on one IP. Like, we don't care if Robert goes on a thousand podcasts. Right. Right? That's like the stuff yeah. I get is like the communications and all that doesn't really matter. You're trying to get products to market. Do you think you would resonate as well um, if you were from a large sponsor? I mean, absolutely not. Right? <laughs> that was
1: my suspicion. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think th- there's this, and and it's a problem, um, you know, and and whether or not, I mean, you know, it, it's it's tough because once you're at a larger company, you know, you're you are muzzled. You know, um, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot for my future career, but <laughs> <laughs> I think you know, you
0: did that a long time ago,
1: I did that a long time ago. You're <laughs> right? you're not kidding. Um, but you know, yeah, to answer your question, absolutely because of the politics, you know, they, they don't want their personnel out there, but on the other hand, you know, what I do with my time on my personal time should not be of interest of anybody. I can do what I want, how I want, when I want, right, right now, you know, it's still my time. You know, it's still so early in in the West Coast. You know, seven thirty in the morning in the you in get California. get up early with these pods. Yeah, and so right now, you know, these what what I say is, you know, and I even have a disclaimer on my on my LinkedIn. What I say is exactly, you know, it does not reflect my employer at all. But that doesn't mean you may not hear from HR. You know, hey, we we'd really prefer you not to do this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. So, you know. I, This allows me to give sites, give other stakeholders in our industry a a bird's eye view of what it's like to wear 20 different hats, because I do. Mm. Um, And, you know, kind of, you know, the day in the life and and give them that glimpse into what it is, because it just scales from here. Right. I mean, being on the ground ground floor of a small organization with limited infrastructure. just allows me to imagine what it would be like having a hundred people, you know, to collaborate with. Right? Because I, I came from, like you mentioned, you know, large zeros, pick your favorite three letter word or four letter, <laughs> you know, acronym, Uh, uh you know, I've, I've put in blood, sweat and tears over there. So, you know, you would never, I wouldn't even be able to do that from one of those organizations, probably well, here with you today. You know, like I, I think you and I have actually had experience with some of our colleagues right dan that were kind of muzzled they they weren't really uh thrilled with
0: unless you're really high up and you don't care like there are some people like that it's tough and they're like they seem to be immune from that even they are muzzled in some regards they like they muzzle themselves what does that
1: tell us dan i don't <laughs> mean to ask you a question I mean, but like that that <laughs> should that should that should ring the alarm bells Right, I mean, literally, we've had some CEOs on on your pod. We've talked to a lot of people who, you know, d- different CEOs, different VPs. But these are not giant companies; they're they're smaller organizations. But when's the last time somebody from large pharma came on
0: your 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 pod? That that's a VP or higher. Oh uh, no. it's. I mean, Craig Lipset, you know? but that was after he. No, Craig came on. Shout out to Craig Lipset. He came on when he was like a director at Pfizer. He was director of innovations and he came on, but he, his, the way Craig talks, you know, I love Craig. I respect the hell out of what he does with everything's very uh, prepared. If it's not prepared, he has it in his head already, like approved messaging. Right. Yep. For the most part. And um, I mean, still you're getting him to come on. Like, 99% of them won't come on ever because they don't want to, they don't want to get caught off guard. Craig has a really good way of like answering every question. Um, maybe without saying too much to piss off like his employer. Yeah. So, uh, Craig, that's a skill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you I see mean, that at DIA and bio and all these other things, I think that's why SOS resonated with people, man. They didn't get any of that. Nobody on stage was trying to control what they were saying. Um, I don't know. That That's the feeling I got. Like, if we can keep that magic going, uh, I think we're on to something here with this. It
1: was, yeah, it was candid, unfiltered conversation. Even the audience members, you know, they, you know, they would, with with the mic runners, I mean, they would stand up and, and go on a five-minute rant and and we heard, we just listened. You know, the, the audience the panelists, the MCs, we didn't cu- nobody was cut off, Dan, like that, like, you know, after five minutes, like most it's like, Hey, we got to cut it. No, nobody was cut off. Mm-hmm. Everybody was heard. And I think that was, that was the disruption of your typical conference, right? Nobody was selling anything. I didn't feel pressured. Right. Like, you know, you'd walk by the sponsor booths and it was organic conversation, yeah. hey what hey what do you do oh you know yeah. what 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 makes you different than this and that and i mean just the the genuine curiosity
0: for getting smarter too like yeah and Nato, a few of my personal sponsor on this pod and not creo i mean it takes a pretty forward thinking company to sponsor a guy's podcast who like plays tupac on live right like <laughs> <laughs> that alone tells you, like, hey, let's let this guy do what he wants. I mean, it's we go for authenticity, yeah. And not every sponsor does that. So even the sponsors that were there are like forward-thinking, progressive. They get it. Yeah, you're you're right about that. But because I missed your panel, man, and yeah. because unfortunately none of them were recorded, we <laughs> we well, got to change that next year. The only yeah, one that was recorded sure. was my live stream because I had my laptop. Gotcha. Uh, what? did I actually miss? Like you guys did a mock contract and budget. What was the outcome? Who won? So the outer site or CRO? Yeah, it was
1: all three of us, you know, uh, 50, <laughs> you all 50, we all, we all just <laughs> pretended to hop on the, hop on a phone call. What happened was, so let me lay it out for you. We, we went on a 30 minute, you know, we had 30 minutes and we just went through our, each of us had an opening. Um, I showed a very extravagant, um, Overhead letter that was sent to me that I archived. Um, obviously, it was all redacted, and uh, you can go to Clinical Leader. Big shout out to Dan Shell, great guy. Yeah, um, chief editor over there. I got to meet, you. and um, yeah, he was there. Um, and he actually wrote a letter about this, so you can go see a glimpse of that slide um, on the. Oh, really? Okay. Yep, on the SOS. Yeah, he, uh, he he posted an article about his experiences and feedback, and so you can see that that slide, but. Um, yeah, I showed a letter and everybody kind of talked and then we moved into different questions Dr. Fox had for us. And then with 15 minutes left on the clock, um, we were interrupted with a very important email. Um, and you know, this email flashed on the screen and it was, it was addressed to me. It was from a site and they had had it with the CRO negotiation process and they were miles apart. The CRO offered them five grand. They were at 37 grand. Um, the manicure pedicure was a was a deal breaker for them. And uh, so it was kind of fun. Got a lot of chuckles from the audience on that part. But essentially, we had, we had 15 minutes for Rod Raphael. You know, big, big shout out to him as well. Dude,
0: veteran. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Talk veteran.
1: about a veteran. Yeah. Ind- I mean, he is uh, a legend, in my opinion. Um, so... You know, he, he was on my, on my left and I was there and then Veleno was on the right. And, and we were just, you know, we had to work it out. We had to work it out. And um, we pretended to jump on a conference call, the three of us. And what we realized was that the synopsis that was sent didn't include all of the clinic visits. That's why the budget was so low. So once we did an amendment, we were able to bring the budget back up to where the site thought it should be. And, um, you know, worked on the screen failure ratio. We included the manicure pedicures for the site. Um, you know, made some concessions, but Don't pulled some things back. not
0: give my coordinator's ideas. They're like 75% female.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ken's going to get past their expenses. <laughs> yeah, I was at the salon uh, from my lunch break.
0: Yeah, all of a sudden they'll get interested in budgets. But, yeah. like, how how close to reality was this, though? Like, you actually well, do it on a regular basis. Yeah
1: i mean it, it it was it was a little far-fetched like I not think... the
0: manicure stuff but like being that yeah. far off and then missing visits like you know, how, how close to reality was this i think thing? it happens yeah i think
1: i think it does happen you know sites typically as you know they they get half put together information it's you slide, know at, the, line at, at startup right work. yeah, yeah. It's like hey oh okay are you interested in this study yes we're interested all right let's fire off an nda how quick can you sign it in 24 hours yeah i'll get it done sign the nda okay now we send the synopsis and the reg pack simultaneously it's like mm-hmm. wait a minute can i even digest this synopsis you know dan i i, I was sitting on no, um, <laughs> yeah no you can't i was at lunch and i i wish i knew the the people's names but you know so many people were were stopping to to chat after the panel oh at sos you were out. At, at sos okay. yeah at, at sos lunch um cuz you know our panel after our panel it was lunchtime okay so every it was all fresh in everyone's minds and so um i got the tail end of the lunch because i was talking to so many people mm-hmm. but one of the one of the a site owner had come up to me and you know she was asking about um you know some of the, some of the panel content and one thing that we really didn't get a chance to dive into during the panel just for the sake of time was the fact that sites really need to have an opportunity. And they can't all do this because of bandwidth. But um, the, the, the fact that sites don't have the bandwidth to perform a, a content analysis, right? A cost analysis. For example, what is it going to take you to truly conduct this study? How many staff members, how many vendors are you going to have to look for? What is it going to cost you? Once you know what it costs you, then like Chris said on stage, you know, each item you might want to add 30%, not including what your overhead rate may be, you know, 45%. Add
0: 30 before the overhead.
1: You got it. Yeah, exactly. But, but what I'm trying to say, I think the take home message here that I was talking in very depth of detail was this cost analysis, you know, literally looking at each visit, putting yourself, you know, how many coordinators are you going to need? How many phlebotomists are you going to need? How many sub investigators are you going to need? How many raiders are you going to need? how much data is required per visit. You may not have all that information at the beginning, Dan, you in, actually nine times out of 10, you won't have that information.
0: Right. So or if you do like, for example, with us, right, with Yuma clinical trials, yeah. Chris is a part owner, but he has no involvement in the operations. That's me, but he does all the budgets. Mm-hmm. So even like, and him and I talk every day, there's even things that get lost in translation, communication amongst me and him. Like, hey, I thought you do like this. No, we can't do that. So even like with us, we're pretty damn close. You know, things like that happen. Things fall through the cracks. So you're absolutely right. I guess at a larger site networks or even like smaller site networks, um, the people doing the budget are kind of disconnected from... The operations
1: exactly and not only that dan but you guys are also busy and even if you have a dedicated experienced negotiator you know like you mentioned they're disconnected from the operation yeah. so who has the time and and really like i was talking even with chris about this it's a it's a and maybe even i think you you and i chatted it it's a day a day and a half if you're good to, to really figure out what you're costing is like, what's it going to cost you to run this Dan, yes. from a business? Again, I like I mentioned to the crowd and I said this so many times, I'm like, folks, it's okay to make money. You're, you are a business. Yes, you have a benevolent agenda. We you all don't do. don't got to Why remind the zeros about this though. Well, you know, you don't have to exactly though. They're really <laughs> they good at billing. They already figured that part out. <laughs> yeah, they're really good at billing. There, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> but sites feel like, you know, oh, we don't want to seem greedy. We might well, lose the study. Well, sites felt
0: like they throw the fair market value as if we're committing crimes, which is aggravating to me.
1: It is aggravating. And one thing I also said, Dan, you know, you, you got to be careful with fair market value because, and, and also I said this to the to the entire audience, and I think it really resonated. Be careful what you negotiate because it impacts the everyone else. It really does. Even <laughs> Ashley, <laughs> thanks Sebastian. for the throw out there. Ah, I remember oh, that's funny. That's funny. Thank you for that. Um, So, that's you know, alter <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Um, people are like, Where do I know you for? I'm like, I ah, have no idea. No, no idea. By the
0: way, Robert's a baller too. Like, <laughs> tequila, like you're like a tequila connoisseur, man. <laughs> that was like the best tequilas I've ever had.
1: Oh, glad you enjoyed. Glad you enjoyed. So, you know, I, I, I think this sites need to not be afraid of being blackballed and, you know, Sierras aren't going to want to work with them. It, it's okay to make money. Um, but, you know, again, the, the, the big question that we had was reasonable and responsible mm-hmm. negotiations,
0: right? Well, uh, but reasonable, that's a different kind of R&R. But reasonable is the, the, the discrepancy between the highest earning site on the same study. I mean, you know, you you look yeah. at the budgets. Mm-hmm. You've got one end of the extreme, you know, the high end, then you got the lowest paid site, and then you, it's like a bell curve, right? So, what's reasonable? If, like, I mean, are they off by like an order of five, ten? What are they off?
1: So I look at like the 50th, 50%, right? So the upper 50% percentile and the lower 50 percentile. And then the sites that are smack dab in the middle. Um, you know, when when you look at a site that that's in the top, top 50th percentile that's making the highest end of the spectrum, when sites go out of that range, you know, we kind of need to understand the, the rationale behind it, right? So I think there's flexibility in that in in, in that realm. However, there's there, it's not a one size fits all answer. Dan, it's not like some magic formula. You know, there's there's so many different dynamics. Whether it's a site we've worked with before that really showed up for us, they the data was great, low protocol deviation rate, very accommodating. You know, d- you know, data not missing, data's entered on time, and queries are there you know they're just a comedy and they're a good partner right they're a good they're a good client mm-hmm. they're a good you know cuz that's what that's what sites are to a sponsor right. Right. um you know as a patient is to a site i mean right. that 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 dynamic that dr fox talked about so i think I'm, that
0: came up at sos yeah
1: it did and, and 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 you know it's not mine i don't take credit for it but i agree with it, mm-hmm. it you know unequivocally um so when you look at it like that you know, as, as as being a client, you, you tend to be understanding of, okay, you know what, we, we listen, it might be worth the extra five grand, three grand per patient that is over our budget to work with this particular site because of A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a trusted track record. Their staff is well-trained. They have a low attrition rate. They're honest. They're quick, quality-driven. PI oversight is on top, you know, they, 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 they're just, you know, you go on and on and on about all the positives. Um, and, and sometimes you can justify even going above and, you know, above that 50th percentile high end and, and still approve a budget that's much higher than the highest already paid site, because. At the end of the day, Dan, it's worth it. What, you know, because you do a cost analysis and you to yourself as a sponsor, what's going to be more money? Paying this site five grand more per patient than we really want to, or bringing in a recruitment vendor for a
0: million dollars to save our day? That most of them don't do anything anyways, as far as leads are concerned. They are getting better in yeah. fairness to them. Shout out one in health. They saved yeah. one of our studies. I mean, you know, I don't have any gripe against
1: them. I'm just saying, you know, yes, they, they provide patients. But when you look at the cost per patient, it turns out that sometimes, actually most of the times, the cost to enroll a single patient ends up being, even, you know, sometimes more than the cost of an actual patient
0: at your right. going through
1: an entire study.
0: You're right, man. And, you know, you have this, uh, like Fox broke it down the site is to the sponsor like the patient is to the site yeah it's kind of true and i think the sponsor values working with with sites so we're we're working on a really big study with like the biggest pharma like they're number one yeah. right now they give us they found us we're an under underserved community they give us a study we're doing relatively well we had a monitoring visit surprisingly almost very little findings just some out of window stuff some minor documentation stuff nothing major i i breathe this a sigh of relief after that visit um shout out to the team by the way they're screening someone right now here's here's how fast i move though because they treat us well this the sponsor treats us i've never been treated better in my life man you're maybe like close you you guys and that's mainly because of you. But these Thank guys, for a big pharma, to for me to feel that way is unheard right. of. Yeah. They reached out to me. They said, hey, you're in Arizona. We really need to get Native Americans. Is there any way you can do it? I said, yeah, you know what? We need more funds. for. It. We'll do some community outreach. It's a very tough community to get to. Do you know the Native America? That's a different podcast. Native Americans, a lot of them deal with serious issues. Alcoholism. I mean, it's not a secret. They're afraid to go to the doctor because they don't want to get called out on, hey, your liver enzymes are like through the roof, or, uh, you know, you're you're not taking care of your diabetes. They'd rather just not know that stuff. That's why it's hard to get to them. Not to not to mention going in front of the tribal council, which me and Jaime had to do. Uh, get the studies through. Point is. I would never have done that for another sponsor. Like that's a lot of work, man, just to get one or two more native, like one or two Native Americans in our study when I could have got five more, just random Caucasian, Asian, Hispanic, African American, by doing like a fraction of the work, right? But because it was this sponsor, I said, okay, increase our advertising fee, we'll do it, boom, No, no question. They did it like in a few days. I sent the invoice, they paid it. We went out. We have two in a week, two screens Native Americans. Amazing. But the point of this story, if the sponsor's doing if the sponsor's treating the site right, the site will go out of their way. It's not in my business model to get Native Americans in the study. It's easier if I just sit back and let the ads come through and get whoever responds to the ads, right? Which is not going to be Native American. But they want that. We'll go out and get it because we respect the sponsor. They're going to love that. They're going to give us more study. So it makes business sense at this point too. But if this sponsor was a crappy one that treated us like shit, I would have hung up on them when they asked me to do that. Or I would have said, sure, sure, okay, and then never done it. Yeah, and That's just the reality of how this industry is. So it really is in the sponsor's best interest. And I know you understand this because you live this to treat the site right. And then sites, when you are dealing with one of these sponsors, you got to go out of your way and give them a VIP treatment. And so I think that's where you get the win-win and not to mention the patients. I mean, these two native Americans we screen, if they get in, they're in a year and a half long study.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, Dan, you know, I think the theme at SOS for at least the finance budget panel um, and, you know, Dr. Fox thought that we kind of the three of us got together and planned this out, which it, it, we didn't. It was completely organic. organic. Um, yeah, it was just natural. It was it was completely wow. natural. I'm not kidding you. Um, but the the main theme was communication. It, that's that's what it boils down to is communication, breaking down the silos, getting rid of the barriers, transparent contact list, availability, you know, because I also mentioned during the panel, typically when I'm roped in to an escalation, you know, there, there's already so many frustrations at whether it's at the site level, the Sierra level, the temperatures, it's hot. You know and i'm coming in trying to acquaint myself with everything that has already transpired L- let's eliminate that right let's let's just mm-hmm. let's get into this at the first sight of a of a hey robert the site wants this or or you know because it's a lot easier to collectively like just like we had the 15 minutes we were right there and we were able to come to an amicable agreement between the site the cro and the sponsor to engage the site and the site walked away happy.
0: But do you think that CRO doesn't do that the majority of the time because they think the sponsor is going to be upset because they hired us to do this and now we're wasting their time or is it, well, we already know the sponsor is going to give in more than we're willing to. And it cuts out of our margins. Like, or is it a combo of that or something else?
1: I think it's a combo. Right, I I truly believe that the CRO does, they they try to do good work, Dan, like, I don't think they're, they're they're trying to, you know, they they are an extension of the sponsor team. And at least that's the way we, we look at our CRO partners. And I think that most of our sponsor colleagues would agree that the CROs they choose, you know, should be a representation or an extension of the company that they're representing. So I don't think there's any ill will there when you know CROs are unable to give a site what they're asking for just because they're trying to do they're they're only working under a directive. So I don't blame the CROs, Dan. I really don't. I don't think um, it's them. I think that sometimes in larger companies or you know, any company, you know, they just may during the beginning say, hey, here's our here's our very stringent operational budget. Again, another topic we talked about. You have to know your audience. When I say know your audience, you have to know what kind of sponsor you're working with. if If it's a small startup biotech, ask yourself, is it publicly traded? Is it privately held? Do they have approved products? Do they not have approved products? You know, mm-hmm. and if you it, that negotiation is going to be very different, Dan, than the sponsor you just described, who is a yeah. large, the largest of the large, who, who has the flexibility to give you X amount of dollars, which they know is going to be cheaper to give you. Let's say you ask for 20 grand to go do that, which you probably only ask for five or 10. Am I right? 10. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. But my point is, you probably could have <laughs> asked for 20, <laughs> you, you, you could have probably asked for double that and they would have said no problem because they know, wait a minute, for us to go out and, re, you know, engage a recruitment firm, it's going to be north potentially of, you know, 500 to a million dollars, even more depending on, you know, if we got to compress timelines, how far away are we from our targets and what's our screen failure rate, what was our estimates, what was our forecast. So there's all these questions going on in the background so they understood that but you go to a small startup biotech that has no approved products that has a skeleton team that's solely investor backed and funded you know we have there's very little flexibility and wiggle room in terms of an operational budget it's not that i don't want to give it to you i just don't i don't have it yeah i I really just don't have it so i think you know sites were really engaged during the SOS panel for the, for the finance budget, just kind of understanding you can't use a blanket template overhead letter, for example, you know, that was my opening and send it to every single sponsor because, you know, as it trickles down, you know, this came from you, Dan from academia, um, you know, into, or actually Dr. Fox mentioned it as well, you know, where you're, where they're justifying every little thing and, and, you know, (laughs) your acrp subscription and your book subscription and your uniform laundromat bill ends up in your overhead justification letter and food and (laughs) beverage for your staff you know like not even for the patients for your i mean that gets to be a little bit
0: irresponsible and not reasonable right i I i'm not proud of like when i started and we'll, we'll get into this question we'll we'll end with this one because that one there is a lot of double clicking When I first started, man, with the site, I just got thrown into it. The ownership left. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, man. And I had to do budgets, too. Like, I had to not only figure out and be a coordinator, I had to figure this out. So I didn't even know you needed an overhead justification. I just saw it when the CRO sent me something. Okay, well, 20, let's make it 25. I thought that was big time, dude. Like, (laughs) I'm going to change it 25 just to negotiate. Right, And they said, okay, send us a justification, overhead justification letter. I was like, huh? What's this? I had to go Google, man. You know what I did? I stole UCLA's justification letter, (laughs) reworded it for us, and sent it back to them and got approved. And then for like the next three years, I just used that. Yeah. Never even like really know what is on there. Just, hey, these guys want this. This is a stupid piece of paper. Here you go. (laughs) <laughs> I that's like that's and a lot of sites do that too they say hey can yeah you share your overhead letter with us here yep. it is but what you're saying is you need to make a justification letter specific to that study yes yeah, specific exactly around. and not even
1: so much to that study dan make it more specific to the study and the sponsor ah. because like 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 i mentioned that that sponsor it's not that they're being difficult or the CRO is being difficult. It's just, you know, we, we, we don't have an infinite amount of money, you know, we're not, we're not, you know, a large company that's bringing in billions of dollars or even millions of dollars. We have very strict operational budget. And it's just, this is what the study has to be done within the confines of. So knowing whether or not that works for you as an independent contractor, which sites are, I also said to sites, it like say no to work. You know, like like or yeah. and, and I think like it needs to be okay. And you know, sites are always trying to do BD, whether it's clinicaltrials.gov, they're working you know with Anado. Um yeah, you know, it's okay to walk away from something if it doesn't resonate with you and you know there's a problem, say no. You you have yeah. that ability. Don't just say yes to the work for the sake of you know, collecting a lot, a
0: lot of times it's the PI that really wants to study. Yeah, I, hear that. I heard that communication has to come in too. Like, yeah. Hey, the PI really wants this. So I have to give in a little just to not lose it. Like there's a lot of those kind of, cases. yeah, no, I, I, you're,
1: you're absolutely right. I've, I've heard that as a justification, but then on the other hand, you know, be prepared to, to, you know, not five give rounds in. of negotiations are not necessary. Mm-hmm. If, if, if the CRO comes back and says, this is, you know, really the highest offer we can provide. know don't escalate it to the sponsor at that point just because if the pi's interest is so high in the study and you performed your cost analysis and your business decision is to break even on this trial then that's a business decision that was made internally that shouldn't affect the cro or the sponsor because again knowing your audience is going to allow you to know how far you can push things and what you can ask for but i don't think anybody or any sponsor or any cro member is ill-willed and and trying to be difficult i just think it's a result of communication barriers that that was what we found yeah
0: yeah and a lot of you know i know fox talks about this a lot that you could lose money on a study i i as the operator for like almost 20 years find that hard to believe because even if you get a crappy budget like what do you do you dedicate less resources to it like instead of having all five of my staff, hey, Luis, this is your study, man. No one else, unless it's an emergency, no one else really going to be involved. Like, you can not make money off of this. Yeah, people. but the question
1: that I have for you then is how many patients did you tell the sponsor for that crappy budget that you're going to enroll? That's different. So and they're going to be then, pissed.
0: They're going to be yeah, pissed.
1: And, and what happens is the clinical program suffers. Mm-hmm. We end up in a rescue situation because it's like, oh, we were counting on 20 from you, but you realize now it's really a crappy budget. I might lose, I might break even. Yeah. I'm dedicating we'll <laughs> a five. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm only yeah. putting one resource on the study. And then, like I said, who suffers at the end of the day, Dan?
0: Well, everyone really, well
1: it, for me, it's it's the patients because that therapy may or may not make it to the market. Yeah. So that's why I say in that situation, Dan, if you recognize and the PI is not adamant about offering this treatment to his or her patients, mm-hmm then maybe it's best just to say, you know what, we're, we're not the right partner for you. I called up a site in Colorado mm-hmm. during my rescue situation, you know, um, and, and, she, and she was very highly recommended. Great, you know, great, great site. And she was just candid. She's like, Robert, I, I am not in a position to tell you I can do what you're asking me to do in this time frame. That was so admirable. Believe me, I have her, I have her name at the top of my list and for the next study. Can she be it's, a
0: SOS panelist next year?
1: I mean, I'm sure. But, like, I'm telling you, her name is at the top of my list. I will be contacting her because of that transparency. Just like I had the experience of doing the RFP process, a CRO member who was actually at SOS, hmm. um, she, she you know, yes, yeah, she, yeah it was a she. She, she was a, a clinical trial lead, but. You know, we knew, we knew a lot of, you know, exactly. Yeah. We, we, we knew a lot of mutual people at this particular CRO, Mm -hmm. but this CRO told me like, Robert, your assumptions are not even close to reality. Like we, this is your enrollment rate. This is the timeline. This is how many patients it's going to take. This is the screen failure rate. Like you're, 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 you're not even close. We, we may not be the right partner for you. Mm -hmm. Wow. I was like, wow you know, because everybody's always sure, sure. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, typically it's all right. We'll hit them with a change order. If we miss it, they miss it. You know, it's like, Oh, you, you know, we, we tried to tell you, you know, there may be some pushback, some wiggle room, must haves, nice to haves, good to haves. But at the end of the day, I think sites CROs and sponsors need to be able to say, you know what, thank you, but no, thank you. And on to the next one. Yeah. And, and, and in this world, I just believe that.
0: It's harder to get to that point, though. The more you it know, is. work you put into the feasibility, like you said, to start off the show, right? It takes two and a half days if you're good to come up with that. Let's say you come up, yes, we can do it. And then you go through the process. Then a month later, it becomes a lot harder to say, nah, you know what? We can't do it. At yeah. that point, you start looking for ways you can do it. And this is why these problems don't go away. Boom. You nailed it. That's what, that
1: that's exactly why they don't go away. So, you know, maybe after a cost analysis, you have to come back and say, okay, well, I did just spend a day and a half to figure this out, but I can't conduct this study mm-hmm. for what this budget is. And maybe it's just not worth your time. Just like the same thing. If I get an overhead letter that is so yeah. irrational, I'm like, you know what, this site is just going to kind of be more trouble than it's worth. Let's go to the next site on the list. Yeah. Right. Because Dan, remember, and I told sites this, this is no secret. Let everybody know it. It's a three to one ratio. If a sponsor is looking for 40 core sites, the CRO is going to reach out to 120 to secure 40. Wow. Trust me. There, there is a, there, there's at least 20 backup sites that have been identified after the 40 core have been Wait, there. Wait,
0: 40, they're going to choose 40 out of 120. Well, so they're not app- going to
1: choose. No, no, no. So, so what I'm saying is, typically the rule of thumb, because I used to be a startup lead once upon a okay. time also. Okay. So what the rule of thumb is, and maybe it's changed, maybe it hasn't changed. But if you, if a, if a sponsor says, I need 40 sites, the CRO has to compile a list of 120 to secure 40. It's not that we're choosing out of the one, it's some sites don't even respond, or the email went into their junk mail, or- Or it's out time- business. Or it's out of business or timelines are just not agreeable. They can't do this or they're too busy. So by time you go through this list, it's usually a three to one ratio is what I'm trying to say. So you want you want 30 sites, you're going to reach out to 90. But in that list, you're also identifying backup sites. And some sites are even willing to go as far as to agreeing on a budget and a contract so that if you have to flip the light switch on, the turnaround time to activation initiation is very low.
0: We've you done know? that recently.
1: Exactly. So, so what I'm saying here is that, you know, it's, it, it's when I get something or you get something like, I think both sides need to realize it's okay. If it doesn't work out for you, move on. It's not worth, like, I know sites need business and they have, you know, very little risk because Dan, again, I have feast to or say, famine.
0: feast or famine, at site. right.
1: Life. I mean, I have sites who did nothing, zero patients and they walked away with 70 grand that's crazy man. startup fees pharmacy fees closeout fees you know if you consent to patient the monitor's got to go at least review the consent sdr screen failure. Yeah, screen,
0: failure. screen
1: failure exactly that's what i'm trying to say so they're walking away 70 grand did zero for your study no skin in the game at all they're a win-win situation so i
0: think contracting
1: has to change but their as skin well
0: in the game as they look bad to the cro and the for fee- yeah
1: right they they do they do. They do.
0: That's the only risk of like Chris has a rule. You're going to h- probably hate it, but it's a reality. Like This is funny. I
1: have to show you this, though. I don't know if Chris is watching. But... Oh, my
0: gosh. Answer yeah. it. Tell him you're on the on the, on the live.
1: <laughs> it just went to voicemail.
0: He's going to be upset we didn't invite him on. <laughs>
1: oh, man. I'll call uh, him. Man.
0: Chris tells client. Perfect timing. Chris tells clients. We should have had him do this live. Chris tells clients when they ask, "Hey, you know, I'm not sure about this study, but we really need one to get going." PI's resume needs something. Chris says, "As long as you can randomize at least one patient, take it, because the wor- the worst thing you can do is agree to take that study and you put zero, just like you explained, because zero to the sponsor is negative. If you randomize at least one." the sponsor has something to show for it, right? As far as data to the FDA. So that's Chris's rule. It's like when you're on the fence, if you're a site about a study and you really need a lot of these sites need the experience to give to their PIs, don't just take it if you're gonna, if you know you're gonna get zero, don't take it. But if you know you're at least gonna get one and then with the right advertising, maybe a second, take it. But that's like the threshold, like one or zero, it's binary. That's the rule he has. It's not, probably sponsors hate to hear that, but I don't know. Is one better than zero for you? <laughs> absolutely. I mean, 100%. But
1: honestly, Dan, I, I shouldn't say absolutely, because sometimes it depends on the time from an activation to that one, you know, because yeah. what happens is if it's, you know, I usually do the 30, 60, 90. If you haven't, you know, enrolled a patient after 90, we we have a very... Yeah a good conversation. Like what's, what's the barrier let's say it's
0: within 90. You have one ready to go when you screen.
1: Then it's better than nothing. Yes, I absolutely. However, if it's past that, then it's like, Oh, I haven't, I don't even know where to begin with this patient. Maybe you have new coordinators by then, mm-hmm. you know, nobody w- that was there was at the SIV. Mm-hmm. They forgot the training. They forgot their passwords. All their passwords have expired by then. They don't even remember the, the processes for the trial. It's like so okay. out of right because they're, they're working on all these other studies. So now it's, now that one patient then actually becomes more trouble to the cro and sponsor because the site has you know made all these errors and, yeah. and now the data is not even usable now, and now
0: that the data is good and all yeah
1: that. okay with those assumptions yes i would agree with you but there's a big risk in you know just having that one patient but if it's within that 30 60 90 day window you know, yeah, it's beneficial. But if you've been activated for six months and the sponsor, zero has not closed <laughs> you down, and then all of a sudden, like, I see an IRT transaction come in, I'm like, whoa, this patient <laughs> just got, I'm like, where did that screening come from? That is almost always a disaster. Wow. And if I'm wrong, comment below, tell me I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> no, you're probably right. <laughs> this is the, this person, I don't know who this is, but um, I thought the, con. so someone that was there at SOS. Yep. Um, I thought the conversation on screen fail and negotiating how many free ones was fascinating. Can you talk more about this? I missed it. So yeah, I kind of get the idea, but uh, you want to like expand on this a little? Yes, I think what what
1: this was about, Dan, it was, was, this was during the negotiation phase, the last 15 minutes. And, um, you know, the site was very unhappy with this three to one screen failure ratio Mm. that was in the contract. Um, I get it. You know, it, it doesn't really, I don't like these three to one ratios. I think it's very, you know, demoralizing. It doesn't incentivize sites to yeah. put in, put in work because look, I recognize and everyone else should recognize that there are things within eligibility criteria that are 100 million percent outside of the site's control. No matter how thorough the pre-screen or a medical history that you do, it is out of the site's control, Right. We had a subject who you know did a pre-screener did a phone screen did everything you know thorough comment even sent over medical records but then the patient comes into consent the pi walks in and sees a little scar on the neck and the patient was questioned oh i had thyroid cancer shit. Oh shit! well man wouldn't that have been nice to know two months ago right so my point is or, or labs, right? Things like that. So my this particular conversation from this this LinkedIn user, whoever wrote this, you know, we should provide a number of screen failures to the site upfront. I mentioned the number ten. You know, it could be five, it could be eight, it could be ten, whatever the study is, depending on what you assumed screen failure rate may be. But give a site a runway to say, you know what. We're getting paid for the, for this work, whether or not we enroll anybody or not. Now, yeah. once you've exhausted that number, let's in this case, in the SOS panel, we said 10. Now I'm just going to ask you to move to a three to one. So for every one patient you enroll, you get an additional three screen failures. So you're essentially asking a site, Dan, to maintain a 75% screen failure rate. Well, that's that, not a, that's, that's not uh, a big, ad.
0: very generous. <laughs> See you what I mean? That's very so, generous.
1: that's what i mean and it doesn't have to be 10 it could be five but i think if sites were offered like okay you know you go to your team and say look the sponsor's paying us for five patients regardless if we enroll any you know they're going to be less timid you're going to feel more comfortable and it's okay to screen fail but but learn like okay why did this patient screen fail now if it's a reason you completely is out of your control like ast alt that was one and a half times upper limit of normal not in your control well that
0: happens but it's not 10 out of 10 times or
1: sure but
0: but let's say the other
1: example is you know you forgot to ask about a prohibited concomitant medication or the patient just didn't self-report it and then you found out after the medical records came in that can be corrected Mm -hmm. right so i think that that's where this discussion was around you know sponsors need to not from the get-go expect sites to screen 15 patients. And if all 15 of those screen fail, well, you just did all that work and you don't get a dime for it. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you enroll one of those, then you might get three back. But that that's where that's where the conversation was going with it. And, you know, Dan, I actually implemented this before. I think you can speak firsthand on, on this pro on this thing. And I think a lot of sites were very receptive and
0: happy to hear about that. I can't remember Um, our budget and the study that I we just wrapped up with you, um, but it was generous. This is my what was going to be my next point. It doesn't mean just because it's a small cap biotech or a non-publicly traded biotech that the budget's going to suck. And it right. doesn't mean that just because it's a huge company, the budget's going to be good. Like, I've seen both. And also stinginess, like ScreenFail, like what you just talked about. I've seen them both from both sides. Like, crappy screen fill terms from a big company crappy from a small it's it really is like i think based on that study the importance of that study to the sponsor sponsors have certain studies where they're like yeah this one's not that important we're not willing to pay that much for it and if you get stuck with one of those what are you going to do you know like it's the terms are not going to necessarily be great other times you're going to have, this is a pivotal study for us. This is everything we have. This is like the future of our company is this. It's going to be a relatively good budget. Yeah. And so I don't want sites to make generalizations uh, just because it's small sponsor that it's crappy budget. Cause that's not true. That's true. No, you're, you're, you're spot on there. Spot on there. And yours was really good. Like, I mean, yours was comparable to any, big pharma i've seen matter of fact until recently it was your study was our highest grossing study um, until it got eclipsed by another one and then that one's get eclipsed by another i think a lot of that's inflation too man we've been yeah. hit hard these last two years with inflation like through sure the roof.
1: and your operating costs are through the roof and mm-hmm. you know that's another thing i mentioned so i'm like you know sometimes when you negotiate a budget you know nobody has a crystal ball you're not going to know what the world's going to look like a year from now or two years from now And depending on the length of that study you might have to go back to that that table yeah. and sponsors need to be willing to hear sites and say look you know we didn't expect you know record inflation within 40 years to hit us and you know they negotiated these budgets in 2021 and here we are in 2024 Time flies,
0: man you came to yuma in the summer of 22
1: yeah Can it you feels it?
0: like it was yesterday it but- does that's almost two years ago.
1: Yeah, literally. Things In three change. months ago. A lot mean. has yeah.
0: changed since then.
1: <laughs> See what I mean? A lot has changed. So, you know, I, again, communication, that that's thats the buzzword, just, you know, open lines between all parties and, you know, sites should not feel, and, and I don't know about, you know, executives at very high levels at these large farmers. I don't know how they feel, but for me and forever, no matter where I end up in my career, I'm always going to want to listen to my sites, always. Mm -hmm. I never want them to feel alienated or as if they're bothering me or as if I'm copied in a communication, they've done something wrong. That needs to stop also. It's just transparency so that, you know, we can ensure that our site partners are getting what they need, Um, you know? And again, I think sites need to also understand that sometimes when there are delays, um, you know, or or something like that, you know, it's not me, or it's not, you know, or necessarily the CRO. There's a lot of reasons. Um, you know, uh, uh, people who control purse strings for companies, you know, are typically not the ones that you're interacting with. So, you know, even myself, I, I have no control uh, over over the finances of, of, you know, my company, for example, right? Um, But I can certainly listen. I can certainly escalate, have discussions, and I think that's that is even worth more than than nothing, right? So. And you have, yeah.
0: What you're saying, Robert actually does. Yeah, I'm lucky enough to work on a trial with him that's wrapping, almost wrapped up. And uh, yeah, man, that's for sure. Do you go like as? Let's wrap up here. Yep. Do you go to like DIA or uh, bio? Or things like that where there are these execs from Big Pharma?
1: I, I have not, but I I I need I'm going to start going. Because I was gonna um, ask just, you, what are yeah. they
0: actually saying? Because you're in their club now. I mean you're at a small company. Yeah. But like they see you as a peer, right? So I'm curious what they how they feel about this kind of stuff. Um, sites, how you treat sites. I'm sure yeah. you can't generalize some feel like you do others probably the opposite they look at sites as necessary evil i'm just curious to get like the consensus amongst the elites in this industry yeah you know
1: i dan i, I really i really want to start attending those conferences and i i will in the future um you know just have some pressing items and working with, a small shots with those
0: guys in california <laughs> See what they feel really really
1: get the get the, the the lowdown from them yeah
0: i feel I, like you'd I, have to pay 10x what you pay to sos for oh, a round
1: <laughs> man you're not kidding but i i do think that i i would really like to believe that they feel the same way i i really i i really would would and if they didn't i'd be i'd be pretty surprised you know i i mean Maybe they don't. I don't know, but I would.
0: Some do, some don't.
1: Some do, some don't, right? Or or maybe they're just not. They're so far removed from the day to day operational activity that maybe they're just unaware, you know. And I don't want to say ignorance is bliss. No, that's not an excuse either. But I think sometimes if if you know they just may not have considered how important you know our site partners are. Yeah. Yeah. At least to me as a person, right? Regardless, again. If you um, ever listen to like me. a
0: quarterly earnings call from like a Pfizer or a Lilly, I mean, they'll talk about trials, but they're not talking about like site selection or this is like what we're having issue. They're they're talking such high level. Like, yep. I I feel like there is a tremendous disconnect uh, at many of these companies, but I'm proven wrong all the time by these some of these big pharma. Like, it was really refreshing to work with these guys that who I never worked with before and yeah and Dan, look maybe it's changing you know i mean maybe the I school of thought
1: <laughs> maybe the school of thought is 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 you know starting to to flip and that would just be phenomenal for everybody involved i hope so so was I, I, I hope so out to them, to yeah.
0: sos and yeah i think so i think so man i think it's good to end on a positive note um yeah. chuck says Robert, you're absolutely right. Partnership is key here. Collaboration is the only way to ensure transparency. That's true. And when people hear like cliches like that, they're like, yeah, you know, but um, like, tell me the real thing. And there's an element of truth there. But at like at the highest level, the cliches are cliches for a reason, because they're truths. And we do know, like the last panel, networking is key. There's no ROI on a good networking. Uh, easy for you to say, Dan, when you're like not trying to make ends meet. Respect, I agree, but once you do, that truth is still a truth. Like you just don't want to hear it right now. So, the, transparency is key. I, I know, and a lot of sites don't want to hear that because they're fed up with getting uh, the short end of the deal on a lot of these budgets. So, both can be true at the same time. Absolutely. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Man. No,
1: my pleasure thank you for uh you know putting on sos and thank you to the community for nominating me to speak at sos you,
0: and you, you um stole the you know, show man on that panel
1: <laughs> thank you so much i really appreciate everybody and uh just just feel just very privileged i feel very blessed to to be in in this community um a lot of a lot of just amazing amazing people here um working towards a, a common goal. Cliche again.
0: But, but it true, is man. true. It <laughs> yeah. is true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I All agree. Right. I agree with you, man. And likewise. And everybody go connect with Robert. If you're watching on YouTube, his LinkedIn's underneath. If you're listening later on the show notes, and this will actually go on YouTube later. Uh the his LinkedIn's underneath. A must to connect with Robert. Again, thank you. We gotta have Thanks, you everybody. on many more times. Absolutely. Bye bye. Bye-bye.